0: If you are at PodFest, uh, come check us out. We are actually speaking about how to make video profitable. Woo, baby. Let's go. Um, I'm actually
1: about to drop a golden boulder right here before we start the episode. Do it. Make sure we, we clip this out right here, but...
0: Wait, should we start the episode officially? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. This is uh,
0: off, <laughs> off record. Off
1: record? But we're going to clip this off thing for, uh, you know, a clip. So we, we listen to a lot of podcasts that are research-based, and they have some really cool research, and we're like, dang, how do they get all this info, right? So obviously, I'm like, I like getting my hands on some golden nuggets myself, <laughs> on some golden boulders. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to... Open myself, I already had one, but I'm like, I'm going to actually curate an RSS feed for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, oh, there's this app called Feedly, and then you just sign up, pretty simple, and then you kind of like put the websites that you want to get news from, and I did that. Honestly, it's like a game changer, because it's like an email inbox, so you just like jump in there, but with and the has, topics
0: you want. It has the news. From the sites you want. Yeah, and
1: then you kind of like quickly revise the, the headlines and you're like, I like this, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like that, and then whatever you like, you read. Through that, right, I landed on this news talking about The Last of Us, which is a video game turned into a TV show by HBO, mm-hmm. which is how we came up with today's topic. So the golden boulder is more on have an efficient way of, sorting out sorting out this like all this news all these things your research so then you can come up with like cool topics pretty quickly. like we literally put this episode in the last hour like we read this thing I was like bro this is trending Uh, we're gonna give some of the data here in just a little bit but we're like we gotta leverage this thing Let's jump on the Last of Us bandwagon. I love it. I love it.
0: Let's kick some booty. Uh, without further ado, here we go. We hey, I'm Luis. And this is Doing Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit before.
1: podcast. And here you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and
0: increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and
1: turn your content into profit. Let's
0: Go, Ka-ching.
1: Ka-ching! All right, cool episode ahead, guys. Today we are talking about the Last of Us, an HBO marketing <laughs> lesson. We're gonna, guys, take out your no. Last
0: of the bees, bros. Take,
1: <laughs> take out your notepads. <laughs> if you don't know what the Last of Us is, it mm-hmm. is a video game turned TV show by HBO. Mm. They launched January 15th. That was the premiere, and it blew up. It was massive, so we're gonna be talking about some of the lessons from HBO's marketing towards the show because they're they're pretty impressive. I'm no
0: lie, yeah, absolutely, it's impressive, it's creative. Uh, you know, we always talk with in this industry with the companies that when they're trying to go and launch a product or a thing that they want to put out into the public, it's funny. A lot of the conversations like, "Yes, we're gonna be launching this next week," and we're like, "You are so late." Uh, we have to be started to plan this and you know we had a few episodes with uh, Steve Larson comes to mind who's a great marketer as well uh, hopefully you know it would have been great to have P.T. Barnum on the show but you know he's dead uh, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, he has like his book there's well, a book maybe we can
1: feed all his work to ChatGPT, GPT and we'll have a conversation and then we tell Exactly, we have a conversation through like chat with ChatGPT Mm. and then we grab that and use an AI voice Mm. to replicate P.T. Barnum or what what it would have been, Mm. P.T. Barnum's voice and then we have an episode
0: like that. Okay, but for those who don't know Peter Byron, obviously, uh, there's many things, but anyway, that's a whole other episode. But uh, he talks about campaigns and how far ahead you have to do it and all the creative things that you can do to attract that attention, right? And what HBO has done with The Last of Us is a big big campaign and here's here's the thing like obviously we're familiar with the video game i haven't played it i'm not a fan yeah. of that type of video game haven't played it either. but we know off the game but at the same time we were not aware of all these ecosystems of campaigns that Pretty happened sick. and it's amazing so Fuzzy's is going to do a breakdown i'm going to comment comment on some of it if i feel like i have smart comments and then we we'll go off of yeah
1: that. so before we tell you how long this campaign was <laughs> take a guess how long do you think hbo has been marketing the last of us for right but <laughs> while we while we wait for the answer, uh here's some <laughs> stats, right? So The Last of Us is HBO's second largest debut since making shows available digitally. That is pretty impressive. I think the the biggest one uh was uh Broadwalk Empire actually. Or boardwalk. Boardwalk? Broadwalk. I don't know, one of those. Uh but I think it might be mistaken and I think it's Game of Thrones too. not gonna lie, because Game of Thrones is pretty epic. Uh, That being said, the show is based on the video game, which was was launched in 2013, Mm. which sold 3.4 million copies within three weeks. That is pretty impressive. That's big, yeah. Yeah, 3.4 million copies in three weeks. Now, here it is. When did they start marketing this thing? HBO began teasing its new series, about a year and a half before its premiere on January 15, taking a slow burn approach to fitting content to fans of the video game by the same title over time. Just for reference, the show was greenlit in November of 2020. So they pretty much, they greenlit the show November 2020, and then they started filming Mm. the show in, I think it was like June 2021. So I feel like in those six, seven months they did the whole planning. It was like, they, they probably were sitting down in a table, kind of like this one we're sitting right now, you know, like <laughs> Mastermind. masterminding and like they were like, the these world. are the things that we can do, right? Yeah, and yeah, Again, I think this is pretty impressive, uh, just for reference and credit so we don't get in trouble. We are getting a lot of this information from Ad Age, an article that we read on it's, Ad It's Age. all in
0: our heads. It's all in our head We, we <laughs> knew all
1: this just by watching the thing, right? Um, but here it is. The strategy appears to have paid off already. Sunday's premiere drew an audience of 4.7 million across linear and streaming, according to HBO, making it the second largest debut since the network began making its content available digitally that number grew to 10 million in two days that's really insane 10 million people watching the show in just two days and you know i went to keywords everywhere and i was like i'm curious how much has the surge uh spiked up you know for the last of us Mm. i was like is it worth writing this trend and i guess it is worth that's why we recorded this episode
0: Well, on top (laughs) of the great marketing lessons, of course, Leverage Uh, traffic, cloud chaser, fancy (laughs) cloud chaser, camejo. Okay, yeah, but pretty much. (laughs) Another marketing lesson within that, you know, ride the waves. We talked about this in the past. That is true. That is true.
1: So September 2022, they had a monthly search of 1.5 million searches. Uh, But what I found pretty impressive, first of all, is the value of the brand, because since the game was launched in uh, 2013 obviously there was a big spike on 2013 when they launched but across the rest of the years it's insane like there's like every single month there's like half a million searches for this game that talks volumes about this this thing it's, it's crazy right like yeah. they, they they really have true fans but in january 2023 it spiked up to 7.8 million searches and i'm i'm sure like that's an estimate from keywords everywhere, but I'm sure that number is even higher now.
0: Yeah, probably. And not not only, I mean, obviously on the web, but probably on social media, people just organically uh, announcing this thing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm personally a big fan of Harry, Harry Potter and uh, they're coming out with a game. So I've been all over that strategy alone, right? And uh, obviously this is a whole other universe in the gaming side of things, but also- well, Fun fact,
1: the Last of Us games actually- are ranked now above the howards game the harry potter game that is about to come up meaning
0: people were like this is awesome they they went back and bought, and the, game. bought the game again yeah. uh, a game that was from a few years back yes i'm gonna put this out there harry potter is just in pre-sale hasn't officially been launched but anyways <laughs> Salty. uh yes a hundred percent but anyway i mean regardless it's pretty impressive right but on the marketing sense like this speaks volumes on the obviously the true fans, right? Your 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 real audience that's out there. So uh, we know that the gaming industry has very uh, fanatical people behind them, right? If you like a game, you follow that game. We have this guy that uh, the assistant manager in the coffee shop that that we went to. He loves gaming, right? He loves a game called Destiny, and that's the only thing that he plays, right? And yeah. we're like, why don't you try different games, right? I'm the one. I'm I'm a I'm a gamer whore. Uh, I go through my stages and I play all the games and I don't get better at any of them. But... But with David, for example, like he likes that one game and he won't try anything else. With Last of Us, that's very similar. So looking in in your companies, right? Can you create an experience that is very similar? Can you create an experience where people love and adore your ecosystem, the things that you do, the products that you do, right? Gamifying the experience because guess what? When other opportunities come, like in this case, HBO, they come and they talk to the brand, right? And they see that it's so popular, right? And then they want to produce a show like this then it's a perfect match, right? So start thinking about ways on how can you replicate what the gaming industry is doing inside of your own company. So I I think,
1: because obviously HBO is not the responsible for like putting the experience within the game. Like obviously the game created its crazy fans, yeah. but like HBO noticed that and they were like, dude, there are crazy insane fans here. Let's leverage that. Yeah, that's what, that's what I
0: mentioned. HBO came in, they saw that, right? And then they're leveraging then they it conquer. for their, yeah, for the platform. Just like Game of they Thrones, They came, right? they
1: saw, they conquer.
0: Yeah, just like <laughs> Game of Thrones, right? They saw there was a huge fan base with the books, right? And then went and did it. Just yeah. like Universal did with Harry Potter. And now, you know, it's a, it's a massive brand across the world. And, um, and the parks and the things, which is there. Yeah. Uh, so
1: here, before we dive into, like, some of that strategy that HBO commented about for marketing the show... Here's some of the results well of course the all the like 4.7 million streams on day one 10 million on day two also uh, it increased by 69 percent in the US alone the downloads of the HBO Max app that is pretty crazy and it pushed, pushed the app to number four in the in the iPhone app store which I think is pretty insane because now, you got millions of millions of Apple users that are logging into their app store on a daily basis, and yeah. the app is right there. So that one is not necessarily, um, you know, sharing about The Last of Us, but at the end of the day, is HBO as a company, and it's probably just yeah. li- talk, lifting the awareness there. We
0: talk about this concept of, you know, safety net content uh, on your social content, right? Like consi- consistent publishing every single day. In whatever platform that you're present, because when people find you, there's gonna be other stuff, right? So obviously, this is a massive campaign, like on its own for The Last of Us, the show. But at the same time, it's also a massive campaign for the platform uh, as a whole, right? Because now you can tell like Netflix is competing, right? HBO is competing. You have like all this, uh, Disney Plus is is competing, and they all have an inventory of content inside of those apps, right? And it's no different than the content that you or your company might be publishing in these other social platforms, right? And they're competing for the attention of the consumer, right? So when HBO brings in people that really like The Last of Us, they introduce them to their platform, right? Then they can serve them content that also maybe it's a fit for them. So obviously there might be a percentage of those people that might cancel the service, which is okay, right? But at the same time, uh, they attracted a ton of uh, new people that are coming in, right? For example, yeah. Disney, when they launched Disney Plus with The Mandalorian, all the Star Wars things, you know, they bought The Simpsons, right? They're they're getting all these properties to make sure that people stay in their platform. So again, bringing it back to... You as a company or you as a creator, you as as an attractive character, how can you leverage the fact that you have the safety net content that you're creating, but also how can you leverage new content for people to discover you based on these waves? By the way, what we're doing today, talking about The Last of Us, is a great example of this, right? People are going to find this episode just because of that title and the topic that we're talking about. And if it's a match because they love content, they love marketing, they love what we talk about and they... Like us as attractive characters. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> uh, they're gonna stay. So, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Um, anyways, okay, yeah. End of my commentary.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's um, it's what pretty interesting. Mean, I actually had a pretty <laughs> what I thought was a pretty smart comment, <laughs> but you talked for so long that I forgot about it. <laughs> uh, so here he goes to kick off the campaign of the show. HBO partner with the game developers, and they dropped their first look in the last of us day in 2021. So like the game, they actually have a day for the day for, <laughs> for the game. And they celebrated around sep- some somewhere around September. And in 2021 HBO partnered with them. And that's when they released like the first teaser. And it was, I, I think it was a picture. Like I looked online and it was just a picture and supposedly the answer from the crowd was like absolutely amazing that they were like, oh, okay, well, let's keep you know, kind of like listening to what the audience have to say, and um, there's like a, a few things that I that I want to share in here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share first. Th- there's like an excerpt of the article that I really want to read, but before that, I'm gonna comment on you know that the HBO team continued to drop teasers of the show over the following year year, including other images and a partnership with PlayStation, which you know are the, is where the game is at um and that's when they released the first trailer so and that was on the the last of us day from 2022 so a year later Mm. is when they released the first trailer of this which i think is crazy so they started teasing in 2021 and then a year later is when they first released that official trailer um and it gained 57 million organic views in, ju- in the first 72 hours, which according to HBO is the most watched promo in the network's history. Right like, after uh, content's Profit. Right after content's Profit, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, I think it's it's insane. Obviously, the amount of shares, right, mm-hmm. that people, uh, like the fans of this game probably, you know, were sharing. But I think it talks also to the ability of HBO to listen to to the audience and craft something that these hardcore fans are very excited about. Right. Yeah. And one of the, th- the things I read is that people are saying like, this is one of the most accurate live action series to like ever be made. And it, I know it's just starting. Right. But that is what's being said. Cause a lot of fans like Sonic the Hedgehog, for example, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's a great example. Yeah. They, yeah. They, when they released the movie, Sonic was like a, a monster, bro. <laughs> like it was horrible.
0: Right. By the way, conspiracy theories. They say that that was definitely on purpose. That was done on purpose right. to attract the attention and attract the conversation because search went all the great, like, yeah, went and way up. It'd be then super smart. They re-released like the good version of Sonic.
1: It'll be it'll be very smart, honestly. But again, we can all agree that it was a monster, ugly-looking Sonic. It had teeth. And they, the yeah. So like, you could say, well, they didn't. They didn't stick to the script of the game and then yeah, whatever. There was like a massive people complaining online and then they ended up like switching it (laughs) and and changing it, right? But these guys went on listening to the audience and trying to stick to the script of the game and everything and make it as you know as real as possible in comparison to to the game.
0: Yeah, I think the the focus there for my company, right? And you're gonna read the excerpt, hopefully. You read it well, but um, (laughs) no pressure, Fancy. No pressure. Um, But I think they focus really on the experience for the fans, for the people that love that content, right? And at the end of the day, uh, when you're creating something, you have to listen to that feedback. Um, We share often that we didn't look at data from the podcast for the first nine months. And the reason we did that initially was because we didn't want that to affect the creation process, right? We wanted to con to conquer consistency. But once we did that, once we built the habit, once we built the systems to actually be consistent as a creator, we went back and we started listening to what are people doing. You they kept asking, "We want solo episodes. This is what we're doing. Something like this, right? We want this type of interviews, right? We want a little bit more organic. Uh, we don't want to hear about the backstories of the people that come to the show, right? We will believe it. Like, let's see, let's go to the nitty gritty, right? So with some with that kind of feedback, then we started creating the experience for you, and uh, this is what you know. This. HBO and the last of us are really focusing on is in listening to the feedback from the fans, from the fans, from what they love, because they're going to be the ones that are going to be driving the campaign. Like it's happening right now. So I encourage you again, go back and look, what's the feedback that you're getting from your products, your service, your, are you actually listening to your customers, right? Are you actually listening to the people that, that listen to your show? And there's a balance, right? From what you're willing to create Right to stay consistent and what the people are are telling you to to do, and I think there's like a very sweet spot that's that varies and that's different depending on on what type of content you create. But you hear often you hear often YouTubers that are in this wheel of content creation because they want to satisfy the the crazy viewers on YouTube, right? But then they get burned out, right? And there's an episode that we have in on deck that's that we talk we want to talk about the podcaster burnout versus the youtuber burnout and it, it happens that the podcaster burnout is almost non-existent right because of the way that they create so again be careful with that balance but there's also keep an eye on something like this because it can be very useful for your people and for your company
1: I remember the what I thought it was a smart comment from like five minutes ago.
0: You still think it was a smart comment? Are you going to say it? (laughs) I
1: think think it's a smart comment. What I wanted to say when you were talking about, you know, uh, Disney and all these people kind of like buying these different shows Mm -hmm. and leveraging that like the fan base was about the importance of having your own IP, right? Your own intellectual property. Like that is what these like media companies have. Like obviously, you know, Marvel with the superheroes, those are their IP. And then they grow their fan base and Disney, what is buying in a sense is the fan base. Like you can say, yeah, sure. You're buying Marvel and its characters, but what Disney wants is the fans that come with all that, right? Like they want the audience is like, a lot of the times when a business buys another business, yes, of course they want to maybe increase their product suite, but in a way they want to purchase those people, customers, right? A good example was Skype. Skype had like millions of users when they got bought, but you know, like they were kind of like the only solution and they actually were, bought. I don't remember the, the exact price now, but it was a whole lot of money. And mainly it was because of the, The database of users that they have because Microsoft could have easily built another Skype, but then they have to go out there and acquire customers, you know, which obviously comes at a cost. So they decided, why don't we just buy Skype for a whole bunch of money? Yeah. And we have all the clients, right?
0: It's way cheaper as people are already indoctrinated, right? And uh yeah. To bring it on the content side of wait, things. Wait, 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 wait. Before you bring it. That was actually really smart. No, no, no uh, I want to bring it. Uh, I haven't finished my smart my smart comment. But this is a smart comment within your smart comment. <laughs> no, but so I'm gonna forget Write <laughs> it down the in your of the,
1: no in your b- paper. Alright. So just to <laughs> to wrap the, the smart comment up. <laughs> hopefully it's smart for you. Let me know. Listen if you're listening, let me know if it's smart or not. Uh, but for that is make sure you're developing your own IP within your business. It's like Alarm, time's up for Time's you. up, bro <laughs> uh, Make sure you're developing Your own IP Within your business, right? So, for example Us, we have like We're publishing platform, right? The pipeline platforms And we try to We create these frameworks And we wrap them around This IP Publishing Obviously public That's the first one I said No What did I say? Mm-hmm. Pipeline platforms No, but before that I said publishing You period. said it twice You're not listening to me <laughs> No, you Whatever. said it twice <laughs> The point is Make sure you Rewind your- it Make sure you're also creating your IP so it's, it increases the value of your company. All right, go with your subsequent smart comment.
0: <laughs> Find it in the transcript. You said it twice. Anyways. No. Uh, I said publish in pyramid, bro. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, what I was going to say is like, okay, this company is buying like the audiences, right? So how can you implement this on social? You can go ahead and find pages or whether it's an Instagram or a TikTok or influencers around your topic, Facebook groups, right? Communities that are already talking about your your platform. If you are not uh, building it from scratch, right? If you don't want to do that, there's ways that you can actually go ahead and be part of a community like that. So what are the topics that you talk about? What are the things? What are the products that you have? Who is the people that you serve? Who's the market, right? You can actually go ahead and purchase these properties, right? Uh, and it hopefully, you know, uh, do your research, make sure that these are actually engaged customers, engage audience, engage people, right. They're not just like fake bots, but you can also go purchase a community like this. In fact, uh, a few months, a few months ago, there's a project that we really want to put out there in the world of soccer. And I was doing some research on soccer pages on social and soccer groups and communities. Right. And, uh, I came across several communities that have, a ton of people in their facebook groups and uh, it was just put on hold just our own personal capacity to to go execute but i remember doing this research i'm like wow how long does this person you know it took this person or this organization to build you know hundred thousand people facebook group but my that facebook group might not be active anymore right but there's a ton of people in there that you know by reigniting that you could potentially reignite that that audience under on one specific topic. So, can you actually go out and find these things and leverage them into your own marketing strategy? By the way, I have to wrap up. Uh, I hear the kids in Wait, the back. They're one going second. crazy.
1: second. I'm just going to say, this script transcript do not understand a single word of what we're saying bro like i started reading i'm like i do not understand anything that's reading in there but that being said make sure you check out this group because it's pretty awesome is this group uh sponsor, sponsor us, us. Uh, Yeah. now i'm gonna leave the ex the, i'm gonna read the excerpt and then cool we can we can wrap it up pretty much from the article at Ad age it says we called it the breadcrumb content said the hbo's vp of program marketing who defined the term as slowly giving the fans little pieces of breadcrumbs to show that we're going to say stay faithful to the source material but with the premium quality of hbo they added that you don't have to start right out of the gate with everything especially for video games and i think this is just my mantra in general you have to always be listening to the data and the audiences and the insights we were really fortunate to start a year out and be able to map content and experiences to specific audiences and make sure it spoke to them to make sure these things lands. For example, when initially planning the Last of Us campaign, HBO expected to have the launch explainer post, letters of endorsement from the game's creators, and side-by-side images of the show and game to prove its fidelity. But those elements were called off when they saw the fandom rallying around content and shepherding new fans into the community. We just let the fans do their thing and saw that behavior. We don't really need to create all this game-to-screen content because the fans are doing it for us. So that's right. Another lesson: How can you create UGC content, right? User-generated content. How can you get the people around those communities? that you're tapping into, to get excited and share about it with you. I think from our own experience, something that we've done with that pretty good was uh, when we did the 45 Live, right? We rallied a a group of people, about 100 people that wanted to post, right? We were all rallying behind the same mission. And every single time they posted their content, every single day for 45 days in a row, they were mentioning the 45 Live challenge from the Biz Bros., Right. So again, how can you rally those communities um, to, you know, spread the voice about you?
0: Yeah. Same thing. Right. Like, uh, for example, the Kings League, the soccer league, every single player that's there, they had to go through an application process. And part of the thing that they saw was, do they actually have some kind of an audience or following because they're going to be documenting the whole experience as a user, right, of the product, which is the league playing soccer. But they're also going to advertise in their individual channels. That's what YouTubers leverage when they collaborate. So think of ways of how can you actually do that with your community. Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm just
1: gonna throw this out there. The part where we talk about Kings League is probably that was before we started recording. So people might be asking themselves what is the Kings League? Don't worry about it because we are going to come back with another episode talking about the Kings League.
0: Just leave it. Yeah, I'm going to leave you this. You left it. No, oh, you left
1: the beginning. What I'm saying is the beginning. You left the beginning. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I'm the, I am the. I edit this thing so, you know, the power is in my hands. Leave the beginning. Uh, but if by any chance you got here and you're like, what is the Kings League? I have no idea. <laughs> We're going to be covering in an episode pretty soon because it's a pretty awesome case study you, about marketing as well. Yeah. You also already...
0: Listen to it because it was left at the beginning. Uh, we'll and- see because I'm the editor and okay. I make the last choice. All right. <laughs> That's the episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Beastverse Co. That is right, guys. And if you are
1: <laughs> left wondering why I wanted to recap about this episode, I want to learn more. Well, guys, reach out in social media and I got your back. Love you. Leave a five-star review. <laughs> Bye guys. See ya. <laughs>